Just want to kind of reiterate um, what Elizabeth had said, and um, as Justin was was speaking during communion, and um, Matthew 25, we learned in Sunday school that Jesus sees it that when we feed others that are hungry, we're feeding Him. He takes what you do with others personally. It's also an, an, an actionable thing to measure whether or not we're following Christ. Because before in that scripture, Matthew 25, it talks about sheep and goats and how sheep follow. Goats don't. But I want to encourage you to be a part of a small group. And, and you young people, college career age, we've just had one to start this last week on Wednesday nights. It's going to be awesome. I want to encourage you to come out and help us build it. I know that you're looking for something to be a part of, and this is going to be a group that's going to grow spiritually as well as relationally. That's what their, their heart is toward, is toward uh, relationships. But our small, we've got also John and Judy's small group meeting tonight. If you need more information, ask when we get done today and get to be a part of something, because I want to tell you something that you miss. We were in small group today, and Elizabeth was talking about Matthew 25 and about sheep and goats, and she said, uh, to Adam Ross, who, by the way, was our harmonica player this morning. Is he not awesome? So not to toot our own horn, what other worship team has a harmonica in it? I'm sorry. I think we're pretty cool. Uh, it was awesome. We did that last song, Victory in Jesus and Happy Song, just to be able to let Adam kind of out, out, out of his box. Um, but Elizabeth said in Sunday school this morning, she said, Adam, I bet you're an expert with sheep and goats because your son Asher talks about these animals all the time. And Adam's like, expert about goats? Well, we let that go. So Elizabeth gets to talking and Adam finally says, well, I've got to say, I did have a goat in college. <laughs> Five roommates and a goat in the city limits. That goat rode in the back of a police car. They had to get rid of it. They named it Nathan, Nathan Scott. It's not Nathan Scott, but Nathan Scott Phillips. It was, was it Scott? Nathan Scott. Was it after One Tree Hill? <laughs> He's trying to tell the story, and I cannot get past the fact that he named the goat. And how did you get the name? And I will just tell you, I've known Adam a long time, Adam and Stephanie, but I didn't know that. And what you miss from small groups Amen. is getting to know each other and le loosening up a little bit and laughing at your stories. And there's still so much to unpack about Adam and his goat. <laughs> so funny. You're just missing it. Don't miss life. Don't miss the Lord. And part of, part of growing in the Lord is growing with people. The, the, the most important commandment is to love God and love each other. And we're missing it. Church, I want to encourage you to invite people to church and to yourself get plugged into a group. There is so much for you that God has for you. Uh, so just let me encourage you and get to work. God blesses the work of our hands when we are doing what he's called us to do, and he's on the hook to provide for us. Elizabeth talked this morning about our tithe and how it is hard. I was brought up to be a tither. I don't remember ever not tithing, but it's still hard to write the check. Can anybody relate? Sometimes you can kind of have that moment. Man, this could go somewhere else. 
but God blesses the seed. So today we've been talking about how to bear fruit and it's already 1140. I'm sorry, it's who I am. I can't hardly not be in the time box, but I want you to know I'm not gonna keep you long. Um, but I, I do wanna catch this one piece We've been looking at the, the way to get fruit, the way to have the conditions of being fruitful. And if you remember from a few weeks ago, you've got to get down deep roots. That's why I keep encouraging you to be in the word, to be connected to the body, to be connected in a small group and get your roots down so that you can start to share those things that you need to get free of. You hold on to those. Let me tell you, you are in chains because you are holding on to your stuff. And God says, cast your burden. How are you ever going to cast your burden if you're too busy holding on to it? You can't cast it if you're holding it. You got to cast it. And the way that I'm able to cast my burdens is being vulnerable. And that's scary because you feel like you can't trust. You've been hurt. You've been hurt in life. But I want you to know that you can trust God. God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy. And I want you to know, I want to believe that our, our uh, small groups are trying very hard to be trustworthy. You're going to share your information with me. I'm gonna, you're going to be able to trust me with it. And we're going to be able to get through it. And I'm going to be able to share my heart with you. And you're not going to judge me because of what I share with you. You're going to help me. If we sow judgment, you know what we get? We get judgment. If we sow mercy, do you know what we get? We get mercy. When we sow our finances, what do we get? God blesses our finances. God is a God of seed, time, and harvest. But we see that we've got to get down deep roots. Number two, I've got to get the weeds out. Last week we talked about what are weeds and how do we get the weeds out. Today, and I'm just going to touch on this. We'll dive back into it next week. I got to cooperate with God's pruning. God's a pruner. Everybody say amen. John 15, verse 1. I'm the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. What is pruning? It's been so wet. Has anybody not been able to get out and do your gardening? It's awful. I mean, we sang about there is a cloud and we're praying for rain and I'm like, uh, not so much. <laughs> we're praying for God's rain. We're praying for God's spiritual um, move to be able to bring forth life in our life, in our marriages, in our finances, in our jobs, in our kids. But pruning is cutting off dead branches. But that's not it. It's not just cutting off the dead. It's even cutting off the living. Does anybody see that? Bears the, uh, cuts off the branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes or cuts back so that it will bear even more fruit. As a gardener, as a farmer, I know that pruning, and I'm not a gardener nor a farmer, but I do know that it is absolutely essential for increased productivity. 
Look in, look in, in our, in our, uh, the, the world that we live in, CEOs, moms, teachers, business owners, students, it's not optional. If we're going to be productive in our life, we've got to go through pruning many, many, many times. How many knows you pick up stuff that needs to be cut back away? And the stuff that's going well needs to be trimmed up too. I want you to know that the things that I'm strong on need to improve. Not only do the things that I need to let go be cut off, but I need to improve on the things that I'm good at. Because really, in the natural, I'm not that good. Put with Christ and his pruning and his roots and his nourishment, I'm awesome. But minus that, left on my own, I'm not. I think my stuff's good. I think my stuff I'm strong on is good. But with God's pruning and leading, it can go to an absolute supernatural level that you cannot explain. And a professional uh, gardener was once asked, what's the problem, why, why, what's the biggest mistake that people do with pruning? And they said, they don't cut back enough. Um, the, the, the best example or the only example I'm gonna give you this morning is these crepe myrtles out here. And I don't know if you've noticed them. I don't know how you can't notice them. And I'm a person that really doesn't notice much. Now you do something on my computer, I can usually tell if somebody's even touched it. Now, I am very particular OCD about certain things, but if you change the color in here, I wouldn't notice it. Bruce Romine, where are you, Bruce? Are you in here? Wave at me. Oh my gosh, Jesus must be moving. What are you doing up there? Okay. <laughs> Bruce goes, uh, a, Sunday, a Wednesday night, we have small groups on Wednesday night, and by the way, we're learning Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, and it's awesome. It's going to change our church. Can I warn you? If we allow God to really move, our church is going to change. And that's what we're trying very hard to make sure we're a part of, is allowing God to move us. But it was Super Bowl time, and Bruce comes up to me, and I usually am serving the food. I'm help serving the food. And he comes up and says, hey, did you see the desserts? I'm like, yeah, I did. I've already scoped them out. I know kind of what I want. It's all good. No, did you see them? Yeah. He's waiting for me to say something. I don't say anything. Let's go back and look at him. Maybe somebody else put something out. And if it's Rice Krispie Treats, I'm in. <laughs> so we go back there. And he shows me the desserts. And they're the same desserts. Bruce, I've already seen these. They're awesome, but I didn't need to be shown them again. And there were these um, New England Patriots balloons everywhere that I never saw. Literally, it's the desserts. I do not see anything else than that. And I can tell you, you will walk by me and I will probably just act like the biggest jerk ever because I am not paying attention. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> it's not because I don't care that I don't love you. I'm just not noticing. So Bruce was so disappointed, even though he's, I'm like, oh my gosh, those are awful. We've got to get rid of those. But he lo it lost the punch because I didn't notice. We don't, but, but those, that was a bit long story about the crepe myrtles. Remember, that's what I started talking about. Sorry, I don't do that much, but I just did that. Everybody, when you leave today, look at those crepe myrtles because they look awful but give it a month or two and God, God's plan is gonna blow you away with those crepe myrtles. 
they will come back stronger, they will come back prettier, and they will come back in better shape. Their shape will be perfect. Everything will be perfect, even though we go in there and destroy them. The first time I did ours, it's outside of Ruth Ann's room. Elizabeth's like, oh my gosh, what have you done? <laughs> I don't know. I followed the instructions. I don't, I... No, I didn't. I followed our neighbor, Jim Hughes, who knew what to tell me to do. So I just blindly said, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, what have you done? And then... Boom. Do you know that's what, what will happen with you if you allow God's pruning to take place? You will go to a level that you never even knew that you had. You will go to a beauty that you never even knew was there. You will go to a productive level that you would never even know existed. Provision. The way you were created to blossom. Not all these wild things poking out all over the place and just going in weird spots and being a, just a mess, a hot mess. <laughs> hey, no, let God trim you up. We're a mess. The church is a mess. But when God prunes, he cuts back the dead, which needs to go, cuts back the good that needs to flourish. Your good is good, but it's not good enough. Let me have that, and I will make it into something that you could never do on your own. But I want to encourage you, pruning is never fun. Pruning is never fun. When you're going through the process, it's never fun. And I want to give you a statement. Don't confuse pruning with punishment. God's pruning is not punishment. God's pruning is not punishment. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to show you how God prunes. And he prunes through, through problems, through pressures, and through people. We're going to pick it up right there. We all stand up with me and I want to pray for you. I know that was brief, but we need you to stick around and help us fill these boxes. We need to put our hands to work and to be a part of what's going on back there, not because we physically need the labor, which we do, but God needs to bless the work of your hands. We want to put you into a position for God to bless you. And what, what will happen back there is not only will you work hard and probably work up a sweat, and I promise you it'll take about 15 minutes, but your hands will be a part of feeding kids. And don't take that lightly. Take that very seriously. Now, the, it's already been paid for. You guys have already given. Now we just need to get it to them. So it's time to put our action to work. And part of this, you may say, man, I don't want to do that. Well, let God prune you a little bit right here. Can you just let me, kind of, as, kind of as the authority of the church, be able to say, would you go back and just help us? We're going to be on top of each other. It's going to get on each other's nerves. It's going to be fun too. And it'll be done. We're going to be an army that goes back there, blesses those children, and puts us into a position for God to bless us. It's not why we do it. We do it because there's somebody hungry. But God knows just how to bless you. This week, I want to encourage you to get into John chapter 15 
and to be reading about God's pruning and come in ready. Come in ready to learn about pruning and about God's ways of what he's trying to do in our church and in our life. Can I just end with this? There is good news. Jesus Christ died for you. He gave everything that he deserved from the throne so that we might not get what we deserve, but get his reward. His reward, the reward of a sinless man that bled and died in place of us, that we might be saved, that we might have a future, that we might have provision and we, that we might have life here and an, and an abundant life. I want you to know what we're talking about with this pruning is an abundant life. That's what God has for you. And don't confuse it with just a little statement that you make. It's a lifestyle change. It is changing your life to following one direction and changing and following Christ. That's what being a Christian is. That's what being a Christ follower is. is Someone that follows Christ, gets in the word, gets connected to the body, and makes a lifestyle change. You do that, your tomorrow is going to be different. Your future is going to be different. If you've never made that decision, today's the day. I want to pray for you right now. We all just pray with me as we close. Father, I thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. And I thank you that we have received that. And there may be some here today that haven't. Father, in Jesus' name, give us the courage to say, okay, my way doesn't work. I'm ready to change. Today, I commit my heart, I commit my life to following Christ. I believe, Christ, that you died on the cross for my sins. But I believe that you did not stay dead but that you arose. You are now at the right hand of the Father in heaven, talking to Father God about me. Thank you, God, that your word says that I have a hope and a future. I give my heart to Christ this morning. God, I pray for these kids at Avery Trace. I pray for our community of people that are hungry and homeless. And ask, Lord, that the church would recognize it and begin to make a move. Lord, help us to fill these boxes. Help us to lay hands on this food and bless it. And ask for a miracle in these families. That you would show them a way out. That you would give them not just the provision of the box, but Lord, you would just give them supernatural provision. Not just give us a fish, but teach us to fish. Thank you, Lord. Help us to put our hands to work and allow the pruning of God to take place. Change our hearts, change our lives, change our church. And Lord, let us go out into the city and invite people to what you're doing here. Father, I just thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. We're going to have snacks outside, but let's go fill the box first and then fellowship after. God bless you.